0: Street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com.
1: All right, Uh, Quinn, what's up? You know, just happy to have breakfast with you. Looking forward to it. I, I feel like I almost forced you into it by stealing your jacket, so.
0: I left it, I left it on accident. Yeah. You're very kind to hold on to it. <laughs> or did you not know whose it was at the time?
1: No, so here, here's what happened. I, I thought, I assumed it was yours, but I, ha- I had a lapse of judgment when I saw the box. I was like, this is a really nice jacket, but I feel like Anthony doesn't care about it anymore since he left it in this box.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. That's quite a leap. I know. Wow. I know. I'm a skeptically thinking mind.
1: I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, uh, and then as I was driving home,
0: I was like, "That was stupid." <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought it. So, to give people a little background, we were doing some street epistemology in Runyon Canyon a couple of days ago. It's all kind of a blur now. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Today's Saturday. Um. And I thought it might get cold. So I brought my jacket just in case. And then I ended up tucking it into a box of t-shirts that I brought for you and a few others who were doing street epistemology there. Yeah. Yeah, and then I, I stole his jacket. mm mm-hmm. And then we earned. coordinated this this breakfast. I got a kind of a busy day. Yep. But this was on the way to do other stuff. Yeah, you know? gonna see David Smalley
1: soon. Yeah. That's
0: exciting. I'm gonna be sitting down with David Smalley uh, he's got a, a podcast on... Is it Podcast One? I think it's the, the platform. I may be misrepresenting I don't know.
1: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't listened to his podcast yet, but yeah. I know of David Smalley. He's super cool. Um,
0: I'm trying to even think now how he knew I was out here. He's talking to you. That's... I can't remember now. But we started messaging each other, and I think I told him I was in the area, and then he invited me to stop by to do a, an interview, which is kind of cool because I've been... Uh, I've been a fan of his podcast for a long time. Right. Yeah. Even though our styles are different, and then also, which is kind of cool, maybe for people, he had messaged me that he doesn't like SE. Which got my attention because I want to, you know, talk to people who have problems with it.
1: Is that all he said? Just like I don't like SE. Did he elaborate at all?
0: Not really. Okay. I think we're saving that for the show yeah. to figure out, well, what, what exactly does he mean by that? Uh-huh. Is it only in certain contexts? I'm excited to hear well, it. I wanna, First, I want to ask him, can you please describe to me what street epistemology is? What do you think it is? Yeah. And that in itself may be revealing.
1: That'll get, that'll get the conversation going for sure. Yeah. It'll probably reveal his problems with it, just in his definition. You know? I
0: think so. He, you know, we'll have to see how he defines it. Right. he may say I just don't like the idea of going out on the street and doing all these talks it's too much like Ray Comfort blah 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 <laughs> then we know where the issue is the street part of it right, right. Um, but I mean he's he's friends with Pete he's probably read I think he's probably read Pete's first book okay but then again that might be where the issue stems from as well maybe the the, oh, the, the, okay. the semi-caustic nature of that book
1: mm-hmm.
0: have you read the first book?
1: I have not mm. In fact, I started reading the book that you gave me online a little bit before you gave me the book. Huh. So now I'm kind of just picking it back up again. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Are you you have you've been calling him Pete? I was trying to figure out who you're talking about. Oh, are you sorry. guys friends? Mm-hmm. Okay, Peter Bradshaw?
0: Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was neat. Uh, I mean, I read his book. I started uploading videos, and then I would tag him every once in a while, like on a Mm-hmm. And a horrible video example, you know. Um, the preacher ones? It may have been preacher ones. Mm-hmm. And then he started messaging me back and like and then one day he's like, What's your phone number? I'm like Okay. So um, he started giving me all this advice, like, try this, don't you know, stop doing that. I suggest you know, keep these really brief. So he gave me all this advice and then um, He wanted you to keep the episodes brief. Yeah. Interesting. But I think that was a I think that was bad advice in, yeah. in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Because he was thinking, nobody's going to sit through a 20-minute talk." but when you're talking to somebody about their deeply held belief, you have to take the time, yeah, to build the rapport,
1: yeah. and I to understand their views. You, so from an audience perspective, I usually, whenever I'm willing to sit through a 40-minute episode,
0: I appreciate those way more, you know, personally. Um, You also have to think that these are people that have held these beliefs for years and decades. Right. And you're trying to, like, do what in five minutes? Yeah, You know, it's just... Right. I understand the need to, like, from from an entertainment perspective or attention span perspective, that you need to keep them short and focused. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, maybe it wasn't such bad advice because it helped me get proficient at it. Like, mm. what do so I need? So you,
1: you did take his advice. I did
0: take his a- okay. advice. I pull out the timer. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try to keep it just five minutes. Before that, that you That was the inspiration for the timer.
1: Okay, what were you doing before that? Just, hey, when I have a conversation? No time constraints? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The five minute thing is just like, it's evolved into a bit of an SE meme, in my opinion. Like, five uh-huh. minutes, the biggest lie in street epistemology or whatever. <laughs> and it really works. Like, people are, I think, a lot of times I'll be like, "Hey, do you have five minutes for a conversation?" Someone will say, uh, five minutes? Mm, okay, sure. Five minutes." Yeah. And then we'll sit down for an hour. You
0: know. I know. So. Right. But it's, it's not like um, I don't want to like. I hate. I, I'd hate it for people to think it's a gimmick or a trick.
1: Yeah. No. It, it's to respect people's time. Yeah. And
0: you can really, you can really have a good talk in five minutes. Right. But what what tends to happen is people like being listened to. They see that you're being respectful and you're not setting them up.
1: Right.
0: And yeah. then you're, you're building trust in that short amount of time. And then usually people are so engrossed in it and they want to just... Keep going. Keep yeah. going. But the timer also gives you an out too. Have you ever had a talk with somebody where you're like, yeah. I think it's time for, we gotta yeah. got wrap this up.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um... Yeah the one that really comes to mind I don't know if you ever saw it because I had to take it down but it was it was with a conspiracy theorist and that's kind of my main uh, my main motive in in doing this I think is because like or my my, maybe my deepest motive because I have friends and even family members who are who were or are like flat earthers Mm -hmm. and Along with that, often comes a, a whole slew of other shadow government-related conspiracies. It's really hard to talk to them or provide evidence because they completely discount, I think, evidence as a concept because it comes from somewhere. You know. Um, See, I think they they think they value evidence. Right. Yeah, but I think it's that they think they value evidence.
0: It's a spe- it's a special kind of evidence. So. Somebody was actually just tweeting me about this last night. Like, do you have any advice for conspiratorial-minded people? And my advice was uh, have them like explore by using questions how they decide what they accept and what they reject. Mm. Don't talk about 5G or the, mu- the moon landing and like the specific like, claims. What but, kind
1: of tr- what kind of evidence do you accept? Right.
0: Like when you discover evidence that, that supports a claim that your pet conspiracy is true. How do you decide whether or not you're going to accept it or not? Right. Take me through that. So now it's this high level yeah, discussion rather than getting into the weeds of the melting point of steel beans and shit like that. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think the cool thing is that <clears throat> I felt like I was getting somewhere and I could only gauge that because of, uh, like silences, but, um, Was it one-on-one? Yeah, it was one-on-one and, um, I I just faintly remember one of the questions I asked was like, uh, so you don't trust NASA as a source of information, why not, and what kind of information do you trust? Like, where does it have to come from? What kind of sources does it need to be backed by, et cetera, et cetera? Mm. And um, the only mark of progress that I could potentially see was that he paused for a good 15 seconds. But after that, he just sort of like, he just sort of reverted back into, you see, everything we know is a lie, blah, blah, blah. Everything you see on TV, mm. social constructs, they're all a lie, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Um, and yet there are some things that they will accept, right? Like, so they are putting on their seatbelts when they get into their car or right. they are you know, turning off the gas main before they go on a vacation just in case there's an earthquake. Like, they're still...
1: Yeah, they stop at red lights.
0: They're still interacting with reality to some extent. Yeah. But but something's... something's... um, not restricting them for other things, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I noticed they're they're much more ready to accept uh, information from like a... like a guy in his truck on YouTube or something Mm -hmm. or
0: like, you know, Mm -hmm. just these
1: really small, independent sources of news, um, Yeah, but... It's baffling. Yeah, so one thing about me is like, I, I got into street epistemology through your videos. Mm. Before that, I was just like, I was interested in just like the skeptic community, like Sam Harris and all those kinds of guys. But before that, I think I've just always been a curious person. Mm. And one of my main quirky qualities is that I ask a lot of would-you-rather questions. Hmm. Would you be into answering some? Sure. Okay. Um, Yeah. Alright, first one. Would you rather never be able to read again Mm. or never be able to speak again? Read. Never be able to read? Never be able to read again. Okay. Why is that?
0: Well, I'm not a big reader anyways. In fact, I have a hard time reading more than a page of text my brain just checks out. Yeah. So I think I've actually become comfortable. Your whole life? No, 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 like within the last five or 10 years. That's when that started? Probably okay. with Twitter. Like I think I got on Twitter in 2009. <laughs> Your attention span lowered? I think it has. Okay. And I That's think. That's very honest. Everything good That's guys for cool. you. Yep. We're great, Thanks. thank you. So I think maybe I've already been sort of <laughs> sliding in that direction. So the transition wouldn't really be all that difficult. Plus you can still communicate information Like I I can watch a television show or talk to somebody. I think some of those
1: videos that, uh, you know, just broadly speaking that you're um, associated with, like your videos, David Smalley's videos, videos of Jordan Peterson speaking, like that whole sort of realm of people, I think that borders on very informational. You have to be careful with getting your information from those kinds of sources, I think, especially if you sort of start to idolize one like for instance i really started idolizing sam harris and his speeches and i did read his books but Mm. i would i would sort of take what he said as like bible truth you know and um i had to sort of reel myself back from
0: what's interesting i i think i'm it's hard for me to idolize anybody now even people i used to idolize only because in this process of doing se and meeting people who discover my work and they're like, Oh, this is so awesome, you know, can you do this, this like I can see this is gonna sound like very cocky, but I can see people sort of doing that to me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm just a regular Joe Blow who doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Right. So <laughs> So then I'm like I don't even if, read if that's I don't even read hardly ever. It's always Yeah. <laughs> so I Love it. Then I'm like, Well, if that's if that's how I'm feeling, more than likely they're in the same boat, right? so they're not, there's nothing special about them other than me thinking that there's something special about them. Mm. So this whole idea of idolizing people. You used to idolize people? Maybe so, like Dawkins or Harris okay. yeah. or, uh, <clears throat> you know, Dillahunty even. Dillahunty. But, you know, you start meeting them. You, you met you, Dillahunty. Yeah, we're yeah. friends. We're, we're close friends. You, you start to, when you interact, just like we're interacting right yeah. now, hopefully... We're starting, you know, starting to see each other like we're just regular people, right? And yeah. they're just regular people who may, maybe happen across. They they were in the right place at the right time to expose an idea that caught attention and 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 got them noticed. Mm-hmm. That's all that's really happening. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think. I don't want to minimize their contributions. I'm right, not, right, right, not, not that, but
1: yeah. But on the on the example of you, like. I really respect and admire all the stuff that you do. Um, I think maybe what makes it easy for me to talk to you is maybe a mix of two things. It's like, uh, first of all, you spend a lot of time on the SE Discord, or not a lot of time, but it's a, a significant amount of time to the point where you like... Probably more time than I should. <laughs> right. Same. Uh, you're always on there, man. Okay. Not always. I'm okay. Not, not always. Yeah. Sometimes you're there and I'm not there. Yeah. So.
0: Your name is near on Discord, yeah. and I think it's very appropriate because you're 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 near you're nearby.
1: <laughs> I'm not always on Discord, um, mm-hmm. but what so there's that like you just interact with people who are interested in the yeah. thing, and like you probably I think I've seen you reply to comments and all that kind of stuff. So you're interacting with your fan base on a certain level where I don't think someone like Sam Harris is. So he seems a little bit more of a well unreachable kind of creature.
0: I think there's scalability issues, though. Like, at some point, like, I, I, I'm, I've reached the point where I can't interact with everybody as much as I want to. So what you're seeing is, um, what you're not seeing is where I don't interact with people. So I got, I got this email from France. It's, it's 600 words, you know, and it's about uh, the latest video that I uploaded. Mm-hmm. The, the black dude? Mm-hmm. Okay, but there was nothing really that I could add to the email and I didn't even reply to it now that's kind of a dick move well you didn't have anything to say I didn't have anything to say yeah. so maybe I should have just said thank you for your email maybe, maybe I will now that we're talking about right. it and I'm feeling guilty about yeah. it but I, I can't keep up with the, the people who are reaching out Right. what I'm finding now that it's, it's a better use of my time if I could maybe take that email or um, encourage people to leave me a voicemail and then maybe respond to it on video that I could upload to YouTube or TikTok. Mm. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time for one-offs. And I can understand why somebody like uh, a Sam Harris, whatever, doesn't interact with its fan base. Right. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and then agree there's also, like, you get a lot of trolls, too. Yeah. This has happened, too, where people will start off by saying,
1: you know, big fan,
0: big fan, love your work. And then I reply back. And then before you know it, they're trolling the shit out of me. hmm that's happened quite a bit. That, that was kind of weird right. to discover that, wow, there's there's people who really want to slow me down. Mm-hmm. And I need to be wise with my time.
1: Right. Um, that's a good point. So you, you feel got like you're. In your mouth, but... Oh, thank you. Right here? <laughs> you got it? Did I get it? See, I'd want you to tell me if I did the same. Okay, sure. Thanks. <laughs> um, luckily, no one saw that. But. Oh, yeah. So you feel like you're able to. Re, uh, to interface with your fans less and less these days is what you're saying? Like the m- maybe the more popular you get, the harder it becomes. Or has it always been hard?
0: It's getting harder. It's getting more difficult to keep up with it. But I don't think that's going to last forever. You know, I I don't I don't want to do this forever. Okay, right. This is why I'm I'm spending time with you and other people. Uh-huh so that you guys can come and take my place.
1: The next era. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't want to do this for the next 10 years of my life. Have you already started me, getting tired of, of it? Or? Not, not SE, well, okay. let, let, me, let me clarify. Okay. The days of me going out and recording videos are probably coming to a close, but I see the value in what we're doing with SE, where I can move, you know, I want to move to doing more... Behind the scenes work? Behind the scenes, strategic, how do we get this out of atheism more and into other Mm. venues and that type of stuff. I dig that. Yeah, I think today's a great example. Like, um, you know, I'm meeting with David Smalley. He's got a podcast that's not just about atheism. It's about talking about all types of issues and complicated topics. Right. And then another interview with a guy who's got a podcast about belief revision and what's happening in our minds. Mm. That's the direction I want to go with this, like broadening this out. Where it's not this niche atheism. I think that's
1: maybe the most important thing to do with SE from, yes, from my perspective.
0: It is. Yeah, like yeah.
1: uncoupling it from atheism. You know, it needs to be. Yeah. It,
0: it, yeah. It has to. Right. It has to, and and nothing will stop it from doing from broadening it out. Yeah. It's just a question of how much time, and I want to I want to accelerate that. Right. Okay. You know, I want to I want to accelerate that curve to get out of atheism and into the mainstream with it that's noble but i don't know exactly what i'm doing (laughs) i (laughs) don't i have no clue it's like i know that that's where i want to go but i don't know the route to get there trial and error i'm just throwing everything at it
1: yeah you're on you're on the forefront so to speak right Mm -hmm. yeah Um, yeah,
0: that being said like is it a better use of my time to like push for that more strategic stuff or you know, spend an hour engaging with people on their one-on-one situation because they're having difficulty with their talking to their aunt. Right. It, what I do these days is say, I'm, I'm so sorry I don't have the time to engage with you, but check out these communities where you can find people who are more than capable of giving you the same answers yeah, they have and time. possibly even better ones that I can give you.
1: Right. So is would you say it's less that you're uh, getting tired of SE and more that you're trying to use your time more effectively? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Interesting.
0: I, I will... I can't imagine working on anything more important than this. Mm. I honestly can't. That's beautiful. And sometimes that worries me because I'm like, <clears throat> am I am I delusional? Am I in my own bubble thinking that this is this is a wonderful thing and I'm completely hyping it more than it is? Right. So I'm always like doing reality checks with people.
1: That's a tough one. And I think I kind of understand that even probably to a lesser degree even for myself, only because S E it's kind of a small community, sort of. Um, a small international community. Okay, it is international. It's, international.
0: it's international, but it's still small.
1: It is small and consider, like, if you just put it next to, like, the skeptic community or something. Um, like, I think there are more people who make money off of and are interested in conversations strictly about and denouncing religion, sort of. Then there are people who even know about street of epistemology say your your channel is really big it's, it's pretty big reads but you're like way ahead of everybody else you know what I mean Here's
0: the thing, though it's not that big
1: right it's not it's not even it's not huge no, it's but not a f- huge. fifty thousand it's a it's a big number especially especially relative to everybody else you know um, but I can see why you would to me i can i think I could see why you would start to get that thought of like. Am I doing something, like, am I delusional in thinking that this is as helpful as it is? But I think, like, because uh, I have that thought, but I, then I tend to remember that it's a relatively new community as well, or a new movement, you know. Um, what, did it actually start, what, 11 years ago with uh, Dugosian's book, but then you started, like, five or six years ago publishing?
0: Um... His book came out in 2013, and it's then the I, manual
1: for creating atheist. Yeah,
0: and I think I started uploading videos in 2014.
1: Oh, okay, so about it's pretty six new.
0: Years, yeah, uh, yeah. It's relatively new. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I asked I asked Pete recently, are you happy with where SE is today? Because I was really wondering. Yeah. And I don't really remember his answer. but <laughs> you remember if it was a yes or no? I think it was something like, it's going pretty good. You know, I thought it would be much, much further into the culture than, than it is. Well, he
1: had confidence but about the idea. I,
0: I think he's happy with the direction that it's taken. I think it's taken a much more positive direction. It's less cruel. Yeah. It's it's less biting. Do you, I give you credit for that. Do you take credit for that? I'll take a little credit for that. Okay. Yeah. Glad to hear it. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was working with Peter, Pete, and a few other people on on the Atheos app, mm-hmm. and we were responsible for coming up with examples, like the text, for the app, right. to teach people how to engage. And a lot of the, a lot of there were like, uh, there's, like be, there's this hypothetical situation. So and so says something, and then you're presented with four options. Have you ever taken a look at the app or anything like that? Not yet. Okay. So there's usually like two poor responses and two ideal responses. Well, we were looking at the ideal responses that we initially wrote like in 2014, Mm -hmm. and then like we looked at them again about a year later because that's how long it took to like get the app going. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Gotta watch, watch my phone. Mm -hmm and we noticed that there was a lot of snarkiness in the responses even the optimal ones there was a certain degree of snark like even though it was an ideal response that you would say during SE it was like a li- there was a little bit of a jab in there
1: in the way they were worded yeah. okay
0: so we we found volunteers to go through all of the ideal responses and de-snark them <laughs> the and I, I think that was because i was uploading video examples where we were it wasn't snarky uh-huh. So there was something to contrast the two. Whereas before, it was just like, here's a scenario, this is how you respond. But it wasn't like, compared to real world interactions, they were right. all sort of hypothetical ones. Oh, uh, okay. And then once we had real world video examples to compare to, it's like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't dare to respond with that ideal response. Right. <laughs> so we went through and we de-snarked
1: them. The ideal responses were? Yeah suboptimal. And then if you,
0: you know, if you look at some of the, some of the examples in the original book, I think they're very, like, I wouldn't say. They're very that, snarky. They're snarky. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I, I told
1: Dolly this when he interviewed me for his show, like his, uh, where he interviews street epistemologists. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, and I, I respect Peter Bogosian, and I think, you know, He had a great idea that, that I think you and others sort of executed better as, as maybe how I'd put it. When I saw him doing street epistemology, I felt like he was, he was, uh, not neutral enough, you know, like I didn't, I felt like his practical example of it was like less than optimal.
0: Mm.
1: I'm not sure if maybe that, that was the direction he'd intended. And maybe if that direction would be better What's suited to actually convincing people out of their deeply held positions, or not,
0: you know. I'm a little torn on it because I'm a little torn on it because you want to bring your own style and personality to it. And if 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 that's just how he is naturally, then that that's what works for him. Right. But when I watched it too, I thought, wow, it's he's seemi- he's seemingly bringing his own views into the conversation more than i would feel comfortable doing right yeah or the way he phrased that or he just interrupted that person yeah Yeah, when they were thinking about it right like you know you probably shouldn't do that yeah Uh, so that was a little that was a little interesting to see yeah but se is not is not easy to implement right i think it's easy to learn but when you actually sit down to do it with somebody it's challenging you know did you find that, too? or? Well, there, there's things that I'm like working
1: on and things that I find very difficult. Like, I think watching my videos back has been really um, helpful. And sometimes I watch back and cringe at cer- certain things that I do or whatever. But I think. Guilty. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think snapping at people to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: remember that one. That was with uh, the social justice warrior type lady, right? Mm. She's talking about like deprogramming narratives. narratives yeah. Nah. And you snap at some black dudes, and she she got on you about it, right?
0: I think it was a a black man. Uh, it was a variety of different nationalities, okay. And there were no white people.
1: Ah, uh, that's the problem. But
0: yeah, <laughs> it would have been interesting if there were three white people there, and if I did that, if and, she would have said yeah, anything.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder that too.
0: Yeah, she was an interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. Where were you going? Uh, what was I going to say? Snarkiness uh, styles. Uh, that's right.
1: Um Oh, I watch back my videos and I, there's stuff that I'd want to do differently and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think it was particularly hard for me to implement just because of the kind of person I am. Like, I don't think I'm necessarily smart, but I think that um, I'm, a, I'm a very ignorant person actually, and but the thing about me is like, I'm very willing to learn and try not to be ignorant. It's a good
0: combination for
1: SE. Right. That's what I'm thinking. I think
0: think you described myself there too. Okay. Like I'm not a very bright person. Yeah. But I think I I have a high degree of empathy and I have a willingness to learn. Mm -hmm. I'm aware of how little I know. Right. And if you have that, if you have that self-awareness of how little you know, you're going to probably be really good at at SE. But if you're overconfident in what you know... And it's gonna to to be hard pe- for you. It's gonna be more hard, it's gonna be yeah. more difficult. But
1: I think there are really knowledgeable people who I think have been able to sort of quench that. Like uh, like Ty, I think. He's like a scientist. Mm. He often, I think he, in his earlier videos especially, I see him like uh, the dude from Let's Chat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. <clears throat> I see him like sort of quenching his desire to spew out a bunch of things about whatever the person across from him is saying, but I think he's been able to just sort of quench that and take a more methodical approach, maybe, to the conversation. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm the opposite. I know that I, there's not much that I know, you know. Um, so I just I just ask, and that's so. If you come at it from that standpoint, I think it's relatively simple, you know.
0: Um, I think it definitely helps. The more you can take yourself out of it and make it about them, right? The better. Yeah. But that's a double-edged sword because then people watch that and say. You're holding back your own view, and now you're being deceptive and manipulative because you're not share- sharing your position with them. And they think, a lot of people think that that's like written in stone, that you can't share your view. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I wish, like in hindsight, I wish I'd spent more time in my tutorial videos and my, my the actual examples that I uploaded, asking people at the start if they want to know my position and then willingly share it with them. Right. But I was always afraid that it would skew them. And I didn't want to skew them. Right, right, So right. It, my, my decision to, to hold back my own view was, I think, noble because it was, to adva- it was to advance my understanding of your position.
1: Right, right. But in retrospect, maybe you would have done it differently. In
0: retrospect, it's, when, I, when I occasionally run, it's rare, but when I run into a critique of SE, mm-hmm. when I run into a critique of SE, that's almost the first thing that I hear is that you're not laying all your cards out on the table. Right, when I was intentionally doing that for the benefit of the conversation. Yeah, that's
1: <clears throat> that's what I was gonna say before we start. Before we sat down, was like the critique that I hear most often is that it's like disingenuous, and you're holding your own uh, things back,
0: right. so it's
1: it's less of a natural conversation, uh, so to speak.
0: It's it's kind of unnatural. It is will I'll agree that it's unnatural mm-hmm. because we sort of have like a. A framework from which we work in, mm-hmm. a loose framework. And when you're having a conversation, it's usually free flowing. Right. Yeah, please. Thank you. Sure. Awesome. Thanks.
1: What time do you got to get out of here? I don't
0: know. Uh, I don't
1: have my phone. I think
0: I need to get on the
1: road by 12 12 30, something. If I get on the road by 12.30, it should be good. Okay. What time is it now? I don't know. Do you have your phone? Oh, it's in there. It's charging. Let me check.
0: <laughs> it is
1: 11.30.
0: Oh, we got an hour. It's about 40 minutes to get up there, so yeah. Okay. I forgot what city that is. Beep that out. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, will do. It's like a forty-minute drive from here, I think. Okay, we can t- chat for an hour. you want. Sweet. sweet. Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. No, I, I like. Um, let me talk about you a little bit. So, like, when I noticed your videos, I was immediately like, I noticed your your the way that you carry yourself is very calm. Mm. You're very slow down, way down. Like you're running in first gear the whole yeah. time. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah, first gear. Yeah. Uh, so that was really appealing to see somebody like fresh, you know, fresh into SE, just getting it, getting it right from the start. That was cool to see.
1: You felt like I got
0: it. Yeah, from the first video. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that, no, thank you. No. Yeah. You a very a lot, calm man. style. Uh, you're very good at listening you're really thinking about what they're telling you. Mm-hmm. That's the sense that I get, that you're not thinking too much about the next question, but you're really pondering what it is they're saying, so you can decide what question you wanna ask.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm yeah, glad you yeah. noticed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: I'm hoping was that comes apparent. across in the videos. One thing that Ty from Let's Chat told me recently was like, um, he commented on my lack of eye contact, and I think what huh. that comes from, Honestly, is like, I, uh, I, I actually, it's not just an SE, I do it just in regular conversation. Um, and I do it when I'm trying to think of what to say. So like,
0: mm, when I'm trying I see to- I do notice you kind of do this, you like, yeah. you lean back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do like a lot. Sometimes you even like look down at your nose a little bit, <laughs> yeah. which could be problematic if people right. think that you're talking down to them. <laughs> but everything else that you're doing belays that. Like, you're, you really do sh- seem like you're, you care about the person that you're talking to. I usually, that seems to come through. Thank you.
1: I'm glad it does. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think what he said was that when I when I do this, like when I'm talking and I'm talking to you and I'm trying to find the words, mm-hmm. it does make me seem thoughtful, but maybe um, hey man, um, like a distant. lack, distant, maybe unconfident, maybe mm-hmm. uh, like I'm not connecting with them as much as I could be.
0: Oh, it's um, interesting. No, I wouldn't take it that way. In fact, if I was on the receiving end of it, I would think, this guy's really thinking this through. Mm -hmm. And I might even be more willing to model what I'm seeing you do. Like, you're really being cautious and thinking things through. And I think uh, that probably helps the person that you're speaking with also do the same for the questions that you ask. Right, right, right. That's what I'm hoping.
1: Yeah. I I never articulated that to myself, but I think my subconscious intention by slowing down is just to get the, per- the person across from me to do the same. It's kind of weird, like, come sit down with me and have a conversation. Yeah. I think most people are kind of a little bit high-strung mm. when they sit down because they're not sure what they've gotten themselves That's into. That's true. Yeah.
0: I guess I can understand where um, if you take too long to formulate a question, it could be uncomfortable for the person waiting for you to ask the question. A bit awkward. Maybe. Yeah so uh yeah maybe there's something a little bit to that but for the most i didn't see it really as a liability that much okay yeah um if you could what's going on behind me (laughs) oh people
1: are just i don't know fighting um if you could would you get um a surgery
0: (laughs) oh we're back to these (laughs) yeah
1: for bionic legs that would make you run 50 miles per hour and you would never feel pain in your legs okay but you could have sex but you couldn't have sex you could you can still have sex okay but you have, your whole lower half is completely bionic and you can run 50 miles per hour would you get that surgery let's say it's free well, he's just posting this
0: stuff getting the surgery strictly what for the ability to run, run fast and, then, and have enhanced mobility, basically? Yes.
1: You'd be the fastest man alive, <clears> by <throat> a long shot.
0: What about, what about my back? Would the rest of my body be able to keep up? It with would be that? able to keep up and
1: like your endurance it would it would scale if if that makes sense so like
0: if it okay. if it
1: took you a mile to get tired before oh, I see. it'll now take you 5 miles to start I would
0: absolutely tired. do it
1: Yeah? Yeah. No That's question. great. A lot of people say
0: no. No, no question. Wow. Yeah. The the only thing that's slowing me down right down right now is my physical abilities. Ooh. So yeah, and in fact, like this whole week, we've been unpacking a house. Right. Oh, yeah. And I, my body, I feel like I got hit by a truck. Wow. So, if there was any way to minimize that pain, so to speak, and improve my, my mobility, mm-hmm. I would absolutely do it. Yeah, no question. That's beautiful.
1: Okay. Follow yeah. up. Would you, when the nerve, oh. can I still wear flip flops? Yeah, but it's, <laughs> I don't know if you'll be subconscious about your bionic legs and feet. <laughs> um,. They would look like real legs too. No, that's the other thing. They they look like they, they would be metal. And, yeah.
0: Mm. See, th- having people point and stare or laugh or anything that way that wouldn't bother okay. me. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't and really you care. And could wear
1: pants, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, yeah, I'd do it. Okay. I think I'd do it.
1: Um, <clears throat> follow up. Uh, when the when the Neuralink comes out, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's something very. Um, well, there's
0: that too. But I-
1: like, let's say it evolves beyond the point of just healing people or whatever it's supposed to do, the most, the newest one that's supposed to come out. Let's say it gets to the point where, like, we could communicate with each other mm. with our minds. Okay. You know, or.
0: In a controlled the, fashion. Like, I wouldn't be oversharing things that I wouldn't yeah, want to. Yeah. Or, okay. like,
1: uh, language barrier is no longer a thing. Yeah. We just have these dictionaries in our minds or whatever, you know, all the potential implications of having this computer-like thing inside your head. Mm. Would you be at all hesitant to get it?
0: Only if I couldn't turn it off. Okay.
1: I'd like to have the option. You'd, have, you'd like to have complete control over it. Like,
0: maybe I want to go on a vacation and, <laughs> and feel what it was like to be regular again. You know, and turn it off for a week and go yeah. to the Bahamas and, oh. you know, like that, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: How about you? It's understandable. Would you do it? I I think I would like that scent, sa- yes. Mm. I will... Yes, I think only because it's inevitable. I don't really have a desire for it. I like, I like where I'm at with have, having all that in the palm of my hand instead mm. of in my head. I'm not that crazy about that jump in progress on a personal level. I just think that at some point it becomes inevitable. Are you gonna eat that?
0: I was gonna ask if you were. No, I'm not eh. planning to. Yeah, no. You can have the one underneath it.
1: Yeah, F it, will take it.
0: The other one goes to the fly. Um, would it would it enhance understanding? Because that is the biggest challenge that we're in right now. You have a
1: computer in your brain, let's say. You know. if, if
0: we would still be talking past each other and misunderstanding, but communicating more uh, more efficiently, if it doesn't fix that underlying problem of misunderstanding, then then no. I'd probably like. I'd probably still do it because it would be like. It would be an added efficiency, mm-hmm. but I think I'd be disappointed that uh, it wasn't fixing the...
1: The thing that SC is trying to fix.
0: The parody, you know, the, the, the understanding. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Trying to really figure out what the hell this person is saying. Right. And how do they think that that's true?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's understandable. Um, yeah, I think I just have a certain fear about it. You know, like... Um,
0: Getting hijacked or something? or Well, act. that...
1: That plus just like being so fundamentally different as a person, you know? Like, imagine really having a computer integrated with your mind. Mm-hmm. Just the implications of that I think are mm-hmm. way more than I could even really conceptualize of yeah, at the Some
0: people say that we kind of have that right now with our cell phones, right? with our mobile devices. Yeah,
1: in some way we're already cyborgs. Mm-hmm. But it's it's in this way where we could, I think, easily just get rid of it for a second, you know? Go, you could go to the Bahamas without your phone easily, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it, like, if it would be the same as leaving your phone behind and going to the Bahamas, mm-hmm. if you were to turn that neural link off, or is the leap so profound that you just wouldn't even consider turning it off? Be like, right. Like, I can talk to anyone in the world instantaneously maybe even concurrently have multiple conversations with mm-hmm. people.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, like I, I could be work. booking my flight to the Bahamas while I'm talking to you and then chatting with my wife and then right. talking to my son and my daughter. could be giving
1: everyone the same amount of attention. Yeah. Answering
0: all those emails I'm getting.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's yeah. a crazy thought.
0: hmm
1: I don't know. It just
0: scares me. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. Where do you want to... T- where do you... What do you want to do with SE? Well... Do you, do you want to do anything with it? Are you content with where it's at? Do you want to help develop it? or
1: Like I told you, um, I think there's a couple reasons why I got into it. Uh, the first one was because in particular, your videos and Reed's videos, um, I, got in, I got into uh, Ty and Nathan and all these other guys. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Chucky from I Hear You. Glasses? Not, I don't think so. He he does like webcam SE. He has a channel called yeah. I Hear You. You're familiar?
0: I believe so. Yeah, he, he's really Isn't good. Isn't this great that there are so many people getting into this yeah. that I'm having trouble keeping yeah. up with it? <laughs>
1: and they all have it's their awesome. own like characters and stuff. Yeah, yeah
0: I've, I've watched a few of pretty much every, anyone that's uploading stuff that's SE, I usually watch a little bit of it. Right, right, right. Okay. You know, only to maybe say like, is this problematic? Uh-huh. Like, are they advocating some, for something that's maybe not really in line with how I think it might need to go? Which I want to ask you, because I think you,
1: if I remember correctly, you saw my video where I'm talking to this homeless dude. Um, um, right. And I want to ask you your thoughts about SCing with people, but just to answer your question, with potentially schizophrenic folks, but to answer your question like... Um,
0: where to go with it?
1: Yeah. I, I got into it because I found your guys' videos really entertaining, and um, I just got a certain passion about it that I think it it went a little bit deeper than fun, you know? Um, It's, I think it's something that's really just generally good for the world to have conversations. Um, And also, on the more particular level of learning to speak with people who are conspiratorially minded was actually a very basic sort of desire Uh, for me, personally. Because you have family members? Family and friends, yeah, Mm -hmm. who sort of think that way. Good for you. And, um, but I'd like to see it move, I think, like I said, I'd I'd like to see it uncouple from atheism. Because though I am an atheist, I think that like, the kind of SE that I found and uh, really started to love was something that should have nothing intrinsically to do with atheism, like, it shouldn't be a basic tenet of street epistemology, in my opinion, you know, like...
0: Yeah. Um, here's, the, here's the dilemma where we're at. Like, it started in atheism, it was picked up by atheists who went out to talk to people about their God beliefs. Right. Because that's where we... And you would, were one of them. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely was one of them. But then we realized we can, we, atheists, can use this for all different types of claims, mm-hmm. and we started doing that. The next stage of this is getting people, regardless of where you stand on any claim, to do SE on any claim. Right. right. So we need to see theists learning this. Yeah. The last, one of the last videos that I'll probably upload to my channel before maybe shifting to like uh, taking phone calls and voicemails and answering them maybe, or maybe like revamping my tutorial series because I just fucking hate that thing. I just uh, <laughs> want to take it down and just revamp it. It's so outdated and old.
1: Revamp, like re-edit it, or just redo
0: it? Redo it completely. Okay, wow. Is, uh, I'm gonna upload a video where a guy walks by, he asks what I'm doing, he's got a drone too. Is this a real co- this thing is, that happened? This happened at the campus. Okay. And I I explain what I'm doing, and he says, can you interview me? It turns out he's like a Christian Catholic. So I, I, I ask him about, basically we explore his belief, mm-hmm. And then he says, well, that was really cool. Where can I learn more about this? And I give him a link to my channel. He yep. goes away. This is the same day. He comes back in an hour or two hours later after having watched a couple of videos and says, I'd like to try that. So I give him my camera. You've
1: never uploaded this before?
0: Not yet. Okay. I, it's going to be a massive editing nightmare. Because like there's like seven different video clips. Because right. he keeps coming back and there's all these interactions. Um, I give him my camera. And he flags down somebody who's an atheist, and he does a pretty damn good job of having, you know, just learned. Is he SC. a Christian? Yeah. Okay. He does SE with an atheist, essentially. Not not the best, <laughs> um, but it was great. And I think that will help show that anybody can learn this method and use it. Right. So I'm very eager to kind of get that one out there. It's beautiful. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's the transition. That's that's the.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing about SCA. It's some sort of a bridge between those two communities. You know, like, um, and really all methods of thinking, I think, should they should feel comfortable with using it because Mm -hmm. it's it's basically just asking questions. You know,
0: like, well, if you're, I would would suggest that you get rid of the word just. Okay, like I hear people say, "I'm I'm just asking questions." We're doing a whole lot more than that. Mm. I think there's a lot going on psychologically with this approach. So I think it's a it almost does a disservice to the method or it might even be disingenuous to say I'm simply asking questions because I think we're doing a lot more. What more? Well, we're in, we're imparting doubts. We're imparting doubt for somebody to to think about that belief with the potential of changing their mind. So I think we need to we need to own that. Yeah. But I see resistance against SE from both atheists and theists too. Yeah. So it's not like once people start seeing theists do it, like all oh, our problems go away. Right, right, right. There, there are will are still a- be criticisms of the approach.
1: Most of the criticisms I've heard have been from atheists, just on that. I think atheists use Discord
0: more probably. Um, it seems to me that there a lot of the atheists com- the, a lot of the complaints that I hear from atheists are people who enjoyed the argumentative debates. Yeah. And they look at this. Like, why are you respectfully... Why are you hearing them out? And right. they don't say this, but... This is what I think is going through their mind. I may be off, but it's okay. like... Why are you not pushing back on that obvious fa- uh, obvious misstatement? Right,
1: right, right, Why did you let that go? They, seem, they see that as disingenuous, I think. Like, if you... If someone says something, and... I think the first thing that comes to their mind is a counter-argument. And oftentimes, honestly, the first thing that comes to my mind when someone talks about, like the teleological argument or something, mm. is a counter-argument, but yeah. I, qu- I quench it,
0: you know? Maybe we can teach those folks to say like, it's okay to acknowledge that you have a counter-argument. Like, let's say that you say something and I, and I say, I have, a car- I have a counter-argument to what you've just said. However, I want to set that aside and continue pursuing this line of thought that you're going down.
1: You think that would be good for SE? Maybe. Okay.
0: Because then it, then it appeases the people who notice the contradiction that they said or the misstatement. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're almost speaking to them to say, I understand that they just said something false, mm-hmm. but I'm acknowledging it and I'm doing something different here. Right. Hmm.
1: That's, that's a novel idea. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think I've taken kind of a, maybe a looser approach to the form in that I sometimes do, even... Um, in, an, in a way that's uncalled for, like, I, I relate to the person who I'm talking to and say, like, I agree, or... Huh. Sometimes I do use the word but, because it comes more naturally than and, like... Um, and yet.
0: Yeah, and yet. Um, but... There's so many ways that you can do it. You can, if, if you hear something that you disagree with, you can simply say, hmm, I'm not sure I really see it that way, yeah. but... Yeah, you could probably throw a butt in there.
1: Right. I, I usually but say... But I'm
0: willing to listen to what you have to say.
1: Yeah. You know? I usually just say, like, I don't understand that. Like, mm. um, And it's true. Like, if mm. someone brings up an argument that I see as faulty, I don't understand that argument. Like, it doesn't mesh with reality to me. Could you yeah. explain it more? You know? um, But, yeah, I'm curious, like, do you think that people should... <clears throat> be able to... Are there restrictions on who you would have uh street epistemology interaction with?
0: Maybe young people, kids, young particular. people or really really old people who need well actually uh there was a woman that I, I messaged she TikTok. I'm on TikTok now. Right, like, I noticed. Like it's in, it's interesting. You're like a me. cool dad. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. You have to ask my kids that, but mm-hmm. um We ended up chatting in the comments of one of her videos, we moved to a private message, and then I think I said something like, can you tell me a little bit about how you formed the belief? Right. And she started explaining how she was abused, and she turned to alcohol and drugs, and this is the only thing that's getting her through it. Yeah. And I said, I need to ask you a really important question here Mm -hmm. before we proceed. Um, If you no longer had, I know it's far-fetched, but if you no longer had as much confidence in the truth of that claim, would you harm yourself again? Would you consider harming yourself again? Would, it, would you think that you were, would, would be less of a good person? Mm-hmm. And I said, take, an hour, take 24 hours to think about it and get back to me. Well, an hour later, she wrote back and said, um, it absolutely would change me, and I probably would become suicidal.
1: End it, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah.
0: Ended it. That's a tough one, because mm-hmm. it's like... It's a tough one because she's creating content that's reaching thousands and thousands of impressionable people. Oh, who's this? Uh, she's just a, a TikToker. Oh, okay. I can... I can. Sh- I, can sh- I don't even know her name. Okay. I mean, she's not big. 4,000 followers or something. It's not okay. huge. But... that That was a little... But I, I was up front with her. I was like... I can even let you read the exchange if you want. But it was something like... I feel like I'm in a really delicate position here because I want to challenge you because you're creating this content. However... It's part of my personal code to minimize harm. Right. And if you think that you would be harmed by proceeding and, and ending up in this state, yeah. then I, I think I'd want to end it. The other thing, though,
1: that makes that such a difficult position to me is, like, <clears throat> how much do you trust people's ability to assess their own, like, well-being? You in have to go to off belief? of
0: their assessment. It's just like with a confidence level. If they say they're 100 percent. They're 100 percent. Right. Why would I doubt it? Why would I... Now, maybe they haven't thought yeah. it through and they probably make an adjustment and some people say, well, maybe they were always at an 80, yeah, but they just said 100 because they thought that was the expectation. Mm. You can only go off of what they're telling them, t- telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Now, I'm hoping that she writes back after a week and says, you've really got me wondering what the hell it is you think you can actually do to my belief here. Right. I think I would be okay with it. I've seen other people get through difficult times without this belief, so uh-huh. go ahead and ask your questions, guy. <laughs> you know, and then maybe I'd sort of... Trepidatiously proceed a little bit.
1: Do you get the uh, with her? Do you get the um, what's the word? Why can't I think of it? The, the impression that she's like because <clears throat> I've talked to a lot of people, especially I've noticed uh, in that place where we went to SC Runyon Canyon. Um, there's a lot of people who they don't they don't really think that their conception of God is the right one they just like it and they recognize that it gives them a benefit and they just i think they have this weird which what it would produce cognitive dissonance in me but they have this thing where like they don't seem too concerned with making a truth claim about external reality you know like they have they can't this
0: justify?
1: yeah they have they have this idea of god that just helps them <clears throat> But I don't think, I get the impression that they don't they don't care if it's true in the sense that we're talking about. Do you think she is like, like, do you think that she's making very consequential claims about reality in regards to her belief in God? Do you think that she cares, I guess? I, th-
0: I don't know if she cares if it's true or not. I was tempted to ask her, but I thought that might be pushing it.
1: Right. Okay. It's just because a question
0: of... of- do you really care if this is factually true or not, could send her into a tailspin. But I was absolutely wondering about that, and I, I maybe even started typing that mm-hmm. and backed off on
1: it. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, but what about people who have uh, some Dependency? sort of mental disability?
0: Oh, sorry.
1: Anywhere anywhere on the spectrum, like from uh, like a functioning mildly autistic person to I have a handicapped cousin person.
0: who um, was going on about how his deceased, or I think Prince died. Like, I'm a huge Prince fan. I love Prince. Uh-huh. He likes Prince. Yeah. And then Prince died, and he's like, well, Prince is in heaven now. And I was like, yep. <laughs> you Prince, just said yep. <laughs> Prince is in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, what am I going to do? You know, Essie, my, my handicapped cousin? No, I'm not going to do that. Is there? So there's, um... there's a limit for me.
1: What, where is it? I know it's hard to maybe
0: put a hard line. So I've, I've met, there's one guy in particular, I met him once about four years ago and I just happened to run into him at the university again. And he remembered me in the conversation and everything and I think he even shifted in his confidence that Jesus was real. He was walking around with a wooden cross around his neck or a nail, I think it was a nail on a, on a necklace or something. Okay. I never uploaded him. I think he may have been autistic or uh, on the autism spectrum, perhaps. Ooh. Just the way that he was behaving, like, you know, I showed him the puzzle pieces in the second encounter, and he <laughs> was like, you know, he was like, he held right. them and he was manipulating them. Yeah. He was he was biting them, like just oh, okay. very strange yeah. behavior. Right. That's. But uh, I still proceeded, you know, kind of cautiously. Like, he's going to a university. Uh-huh. He's got his clothes on. He's <laughs> he's speaking English. He's, <laughs> right. he's going. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. He's functioning in society, so I felt like that maybe was maybe that's acceptable. the line, right? Yeah. A functioning human being. Yeah. And, I mean, how do you determine
1: that? I guess there's a myriad of factors that that would it's go tough. into It's tough. Now, your situation,
0: you? you want to talk about your situation? I though? would. Yeah. What do you think about it? Like, what? Maybe for the viewers, you can give a little background.
1: So, I had a conversation with, uh, I was at Rose Bowl in Pasadena, and there was a person who was living there. Um, he was homeless, he was living in a bush in, Pasadena, in the, at the Rose Bowl. And he told me that, and... Um, he then started to tell me how he thinks that he's the third reincarnation of Jesus and that the second reincarnation of Jesus was Bob Marley and that Bob Marley was in fact uh, his father. So he thought that, well, no, he thought that once Bob Marley died in his place, he was born black, first of all, and then he grew up to be a white guy, and Donald Trump was his father. So there was just all these really... um, Unusual? Unusual, extreme, wild uh, claims that he was making about himself and reality. Um, Mm -hmm. He says that we're in Armageddon, and Jesus and the devil are fighting, that's why all these fires are happening, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And a lot of people in the SE community, like on Reddit and Discord and all that kind of stuff, they found that to be distasteful that I, some people thought it was distasteful that I had the conversation in the first place, Mm. and then others thought it was distasteful that I published it, and...
0: I can understand the second part, being upset about maybe more than the first. Okay. Because you don't know what you're going to be talking about or who you're talking to until it happens. Yeah. And then it's kind of difficult to extricate yourself from a conversation without being rude. Right. Would you have
1: extricated if you came across someone who was making those claims or was perhaps in his living situation?
0: Hmm. I might have extricated myself, but only from a selfish reason of time. Like, this interview is cutting into time with people that I can have conversations that I can upload.
1: So you wouldn't... Oh, because you have... You wouldn't have uploaded that conversation
0: I don't think so. Okay, got it. Yeah, but I was reading some of the arguments that you were making for uploading it, and Uh it it seemed to make sense to me, too. Interesting. Like, it seemed like you were, like, I I actually, I think I I moved in my position to to not upload it. Wow, I moved your confidence? Yeah, yeah. Um, Here's the thing, here's my barometer. Okay. Uh, It's also, so, like, I'm looking for good examples to upload to YouTube for people to see how to do this. Mm -hmm. But I'm also factoring in, like, What's the level of impact that this person can have on society? So like, um, with that Mm. woman, right, the woman on TikTok, she's got 4,000 viewers. She has an impact. Her videos maybe get 5,000 views every time she uploads something. She's reaching people and possibly influencing them on something that's not true. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was eager to engage with her. Like, I was excited when she said, do you want to private message me instead of doing it here in this goofy, the comment section of a TikTok video, which Mm -hmm. sucks. Um but when she disclosed that she might harm herself, that was the cutoff for me
1: right interesting, okay, so <clears throat> one of the <clears throat> one of the criteria for you to upload your videos is how much of an impact you perceive
0: the person to have right so in the case of this fellow who may have been mentally ill yeah may have been may have been yeah. How many people will he engage with that believe what he says? Very low. You know, very likely. very low. Yeah. So, is it really important to help him take another look at his views? Whoa, that's really close. Wow. Thanks. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were going to sideswipe that car. Me too. This is tricky stuff because you're also doing it on the fly. Yeah. You know, it's like. Do I engage with them? How far do I push? Uh-huh. Do I pull back? Yeah. How much do I reveal about my own position because I don't want to sway them, but I don't want to appear to be holding anything back right This is very delicate, it and is. then you upload the shit to YouTube, and people just will <coughs> excoriate you for doing things that you just happen to do in the moment right but when you're when you're watching it and you weren't the ones in the conversation, yeah. it's very easy to sort of uh, Monday morning quarterback yeah 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 that can get a little frustrating,
1: yeah. Backseat driver. Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: I get these mess- the messages come in all day long telling me about how I how I fucked that up. Right. It's like... <laughs> you it's, weren't there. It's really not that... It's not that easy to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... And then there's the ethical implications of it baked in, too. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: challenging. Like, I'll say that, though, I, th- I think I find having the kind of conversation that SE is natural, I do find it difficult to always, like because I'm always looking back and finding better questions for me to ask and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, Mm. um, and like I told you cringing at myself sometimes for saying certain things, you know, like, you have an example, um, the cringing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I think I had this conversation. I've had a few just like, I believe in Jesus. Interlocutors on YouTube, and um, mm-hmm. with one of them, I sort of right in the middle of the conversation, I went into like how I went to a church with my grandparents and all this kind of stuff. And uh-huh. I've noticed I've started to do that a lot. And I think I'm just—it's—it's it's sort of obviously trying too hard to relate to the person and just like build rapport uh, or something. I see. And I sort of.
0: It could it be? Could it be that you're just simply? exploring your own views at the same time you're doing, you're exploring theirs? It doesn't really feel like it, if I'm being honest. Okay. I wish it were that. You're presenting it as something for them to consider. Yeah. I'm, rather than for you to sort of evaluate on your own compared to what they're telling you, maybe? There might be a little bit of
1: that in there, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it like subconsciously, but mostly it is for them to just sort of be able to relate to someone and know that I've been somewhere like where they've been, you know? Um, I just feel like maybe that might give the conversation a little bit more. But in retrospect, I feel like I'm trying too hard to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like it seems kind of obvious, I guess. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's just stuff like that. And normally it's like ending the conversation too quickly. I think I... Oh, really? Yeah, I get like...
0: You think you end the conversation? See, I, I think, I'll be frank, I think you extend the conversation way longer than it needs to be.
1: Okay, me personally. It seems that way. Okay.
0: Uh, Now, this is maybe based on the last three or four that I've watched. It's like Which, do you remember which? Even some of the ones I was listening... When I was driving back from Runyon Canyon, I was listening to the live stream. Okay. What were you guys talking about? Was it food?
1: Was it eating meat or something? That was Dolly. I was talking to some woman about the law of attraction.
0: Yeah. It's like that interview just kept going on and on. And I was thinking, you should check in with her to see if you can continue. Right. And then I think you said, I just got one more question. Yeah. It, It might be good to say... Do you mind if I ask one more question? Or you know, you gave me a
1: piece of advice mm-hmm. earlier on, and it's that's another thing that I'm constantly trying to remember, but I, I keep seeming to forget. Like
0: You have to remember that they're doing you a service by sitting down and talking to you. Right, yeah.
1: yeah. I've asked that question maybe twice, and it's from a conscious effort to remember to say, mm-hmm. do you mind if I ask a couple more questions? Yeah. But for whatever reason, it seems so natural for me to just declare that I'm asking another question or two. You do that. Yeah. You
0: you assume that they're going to agree that you ask one more question. Right, it, it's kind of... And that kind of, yeah, I was like, that would rub me the wrong way if I was on the receiving end of that, especially when I have two of my other friends sitting around. Right, waiting. Waiting for yeah. me to either, you know, be done so that they can sit down or get or off. Or leave. Or yeah. leave. Right, so,
1: yeah. that's that's a good point. And it, it's, it's, I, it's really only for a lack of remembering that I don't do it. You know? Maybe
0: a light can go off every five minutes to remind you to check <laughs> in or something. But, but I, under, yeah. I, I understand the, uh, the excitement. Uh-huh. You know, you're out there to have talks. Yeah. And if you get somebody who wants to talk to you about something that you're finding interesting, I totally get that you want to keep it going.
1: Yeah, you yeah, know, I mean, the re- I think the reason I'm on the other end is, like, uh, there's so many times when I have so many more questions, Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I post, I, I stop it because I am just sort of stopping myself from continuing down this this conversation hole. And um, I notice like whenever I post it, people are like, you should have asked this question, this question, this question oh, and this yeah. question and this question and this question. And I'm thinking, I had those questions. Yeah. I just really felt like I was wasting their time or, mm. or spending too much time with them. And so and sometimes yeah. it also seems like whenever I end the conversation the person is still sitting around asking me questions which to me is maybe an indicator that they were willing to keep going yeah. you know so I don't know there's a balance there that needs to be struck but yeah it's it's,
0: all about it's mine. delicate yeah all of this is delicate and of course we're also doing we're also doing like a an artificial version of SE we're we're presenting an artificial version, not artificial, but it's like it's uh, contorted. It's contorted a little bit mm-hmm. because it's unnatural to be recording conversations, right? And flagging down a stranger to sit and talk with you. Yeah. Definitely. So by by its own nature, it's um, it's a little artificial. It is unnatural, yeah, yeah. definitely. But there, te- technically, you can replicate it for your natural conversations that you have with people. That's mm. what. And maybe that's some of the criticism too is that people see the artificiality of some of it right and think well there's no way that you can port it to a real situation because this is this contrived thing where you're
1: you're filming you're and, filming
0: yeah. and they're agreeing and you're introducing and you know it's right. just weird yeah but I hope people that's why like it gives me hope that people like yourself see the the value of the technical side of it mm-hmm. that it can be well I think and that it can be applied in your regular conversations with your family and friends and strangers yeah. that you just happen to be I mean, b- to. Before, I, before I even had the
1: thought to start doing it, watching yours and Reed's videos kind of, I think, a little bit changed my, uh, the way that I had conversations with people. Yeah. I started asking, I think, I started in particular asking people um, who were sort of relativistic about grounding their claim in something more mundane and easy to make a, like a tic-tac, you know? Like, I find I found the tic-tac test really helpful yeah. in sort of grounding conversations mm-hmm. with people. Um, and that was, that was the first time where I thought, wow, like, there's something to SE in particular, I think, yes. that can really get people past something, like.
0: Here's something that's cool about SE, is that you can be very specific and targeted on a specific claim, mm-hmm or you can go very broad. and be like, so, what do, what do you think about doubt? What does it mean to change your mind? What do you think about objective truth versus subjective truth, or how important is it? Is it more important to have an opinion about something or be able to say that it's factually correct, you know? Right, yeah. You can have these very broad discussions that, that, are, that are umbrellas over all the beliefs that you hold. Yeah, huh, yeah. That's what, that's what I like about it. You can throttle it back and forward.
1: About, about really anything.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I... Oh, to go back... Some of the the best conversations I've had is when we've had broad discussions. Like with the woman, uh, Dilia, the Catholic woman. I don't remember. She was saying that she's sitting in church and sometimes she wonders, like, do these people even really believe this stuff? I think I remember her. So we started talking about that. Yeah. What's the value of questioning? Right, right, right. Do you think that they may be questioning too? These are wonderful thoughts to explore. I'm trying to remember. There was this one...
1: She was like a young lady that you had an interaction with at at a park or uh, sorry, at the trail that you usually go to. I can't remember her name, but she was like, uh, she was interesting, like, she said she had a friend who was an atheist and uh, she seemed really interested in continuing the conversation even after you were sort of like reeling it in. Does that ring any bells?
0: I'm thinking Madison, maybe? I think it was
1: Madison. She was kind of young, brown hair, white girl. Kind of short hair, short, maybe? yeah. She was really engaged in it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. She was the, like, she kept asking me, am, am, do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 she, that, was, yeah, that was, was the thing. She was a fantastic person. Did, did she follow up with
1: you at all? She seemed really interested no. in like, okay.
0: I, sometimes I, I just never hear from these folks again.
1: If, I thought if anyone was to like, follow up and send an email or something, it would have been her. Just because she seemed like so inquisitive, mm-hmm. but also she she had this uh, part to her that seemed kind of like poetic or something. Like a lot of the, a lot of what she was saying seemed kind of um, like true in a metaphorical way or mm-hmm. something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also got the sense that she might not believe what she claimed on a, on a, on a real level, like mm. more on
0: a symbolic metaphorical level. Possibly. You know, um, that, that was kind of a new thing for me. Like the, the video I uploaded with a guy named Justin, where he was talking about, we were talking about morality. And he started talking about, uh, is that recent? Yeah, it's fairly recent. Okay. I think I remember that. What do you call it? Something truth. Was he in a, he didn't, yeah, he's got a black coat with like yeah. symbols on the On the it's like a trench coat, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. And he's got he got a flower in his <laughs> right. In his lapel. Yeah, was, that was a cool outfit, for sure. Yeah, that was filmed on the same day as the the guy with a. We talked about racism. Okay. Wow. But uh, what did he say? Dramatic truth. He was talking about dramatic right. truth. So now, because I've had these little exchanges here and there, I'm I think I'm more aware of. I'm. Sorry, oh. right, guys. I think I'm more on the lookout for people who might be viewing truth in that way, that the narrative, it's true that the narrative answers questions for me and gives me value, Right. so therefore I'm calling it true. Yeah, that's... Whereas three years ago, that was not on my radar, I don't think, when but... I ran into Madison to maybe pursue that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That could have been maybe a good way to, like you could have said, is this a, more of a dramatic truth and explain what that was yeah. and
0: then... How do you define the word truth?
1: Yeah, you could have made a distinction between mm-hmm. the kind of truth she's talking about. Yes, yeah, yes. I think I don't know if you ever saw the um, the debates between Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris.
0: Saw them or listened to them? Because wasn't a podcast. Either. There was a podcast oh, version where they were going yeah. off about truth. So
1: I think the two parter. The timeline of events was the two part podcast, Sam Harris's podcast. Uh huh. But then they went to like pa-
0: Pangburn University
1: yeah. or something and yeah. had a four part video debate it was like 10 hours long have you seen it
0: it's four parts long
1: yeah the first two are moderated I thought by I, thought I did
0: see one where they were sitting down and talking about it but I didn't I didn't get the sense that they made much progress than they did in the first podcast interview I
1: think throughout the entirety of the four-part video mm-hmm. thing and I, I'm just a, a big Sam Harris fan and kind I kind of like Jordan Peterson yeah I think he's really beautifully articulate but like um you know, not a fan. Okay. Um, but I think over that whole course of 10 hours, I think they kind of got somewhere, made some valuable distinctions. And the one that they were sort of fighting over, I think from the beginning, like in the podcast was like, uh, Jordan Peterson has this conception of truth. That's more that to me is just synonymous with value or maybe utility, you yes, know? Yes, utility. And um, yeah. Sam Harris has a bit more to me, to me of a, a a real definition of truth maybe Mm -hmm. truth is just reality
0: factually real yeah and yeah they differ on that on that one definition and that is that's the linchpin for everything else that they talk about yeah so they have to nail that down or at least be aware that that when Jordan says that yeah he's saying it in this context when Sam says that he's saying it in this context right yeah but as the conversation progresses you forget about that link distinction yeah a distinction yes but Think Which that, is frustrating for me when I see it. It's like, oh, they're just talking past each other. Go back to truth.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, if they could just agree. But that's the hard part, is just agreeing on that definition of truth. And I think that's, like, in a lot of the conversations I had at Runyon Canyon with these, like, law of attraction, God is everything, and the universe, and us, and our intentions, or whatever. And the conversation that you have with people like Madison, I think, like, that... That distinction is really valuable to bring up, insofar as we could at least say, when you say truth, do you mean value or utility? Yeah. And then we could just run with their definition, yeah. at least. You know, I um, think if we can't ag- get them to agree with
0: with ours, um, identifying what they mean by the word true is crucial. Yeah, and probably the sooner that you can do it, the better. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're talking, because yeah, it was like one after the other. If you put it out there, it comes back because it's true for me and and it makes me feel better and all this other stuff, it's like, you you need to nail down that word before you can And I think
1: you get there with the tic-tac test, like. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, a lot of people say like. You can get there with the tic-tac test. Yeah.
0: But at the very least, you can be uncovering how they're thinking about the word true with that test. Right, yeah. And that's so valuable. Exactly, and. Yeah. Cause it avoids a lot of the frustration that can come down the road when you're starting to explore why they think the law of attraction is true. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's I think that's the most useful part. Um mm-hmm. probably only got like 10 or
0: maybe 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Um Are we on time again? I wish there was some a clock somewhere. Yeah. I have my iPad, but I think it's on uh it might not be the right time.
1: 12, 18? I think that's a little bit That's about that's about, right. that's about right. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious like you probably already and if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. Um,
0: ask me your hardest questions. Too. Hardest. Yes. Well this
1: was more of a casual question that I don't really know like what do you what do you do and what are you into outside of S E, you know? Like <laughs> that's about it. As street epistemology? I
0: mean, I, I, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I have two kids, so, okay. uh, you
1: know. How long has, has that been happening?
0: The SE stuff, or what? It's being
1: a stay-at-home oh, dad. Oh,
0: um, I had a business that I closed in 2012. Okay. So right around the time that I started getting into SE, I was, I was transitioning from a uh, small business owner to activist. Wow. Yeah. What was the business? It was a repair shop for the uh, iPhone for devices. That's cool. Yeah, Yeah. but prior to that, I was into like logistics and uh, um, information technology. Oh wow, that type of stuff.
1: Okay, yeah, cool.
0: Yeah, consulting for a software company, implementing systems, supply chain software systems.
1: That's quite a transition. I feel like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you find any interlap? No, I don't know. Well. It's interesting because I was basically in charge of a business where people were sending you their devices that were broken uh-huh. and if you didn't fix them in a timely manner, they'd be very upset with you. Right. So it was a lot about setting expectations, uh-huh. explaining what's going on, communicating the process.
1: Yeah.
0: Getting, you know, getting involved. Is it still going? Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Getting involved if they were upset, you know, if they posted something negative online, reaching out to them to say, I'm so sorry that that happened. What can I do to fix this? Uh, that was you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was the owner of this business. Right. We, you know, a couple million dollars a year sales, that type of thing. Okay. So, I think I honed my person, my personnel skills. I was also managing thirty people.
1: Mm, okay. In addition
0: to talking with customers. Is that a small business at that point? It was. It was borderline. Okay. Yeah, it was close. But uh, that probably helped, like figuring out how to best deal with with a with a hostile client. Customer service.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So that probably helped my transition into this communication method.
1: Yeah, I, you know what, I never thought about that, but I was like, one of my jobs was, um, I was like a hitch te- hitch technician slash customer service rep at U-Haul, hmm. and I know it might not seem like it, but there's tons of angry
0: people at U-Haul. Like, oh my gosh, they're going probably through their worst moments of exactly. life.
1: Exactly, and I, I I realized that when I started working there, I was like, yeah, there would be people who had just, had a horrible they got evicted and they drove hundreds of miles to come to this u-haul and there's all these charges they didn't know about and their thing came undone and i'm the receptacle you know um so i think maybe there's part of there was maybe a learning point there Mm -hmm. transitioning at Mm -hmm. se you know yeah um
0: I suspect that there are people that have skills that they're developing from all different facets of life, whether right. you're a police officer or you're in customer service or yeah. you're, you're, a, you're a cleaning person. Right. You know, you can leverage the skills that you have and try to bake them into this approach, I think.
1: Yeah. Probably can. Probably. Yeah. Um, Doctors.
0: Astronauts. Yeah. <laughs> would it be great to see reporters starting to use this approach? Oh, yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. I'd love to start seeing that. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I would really want to shift to is like, you know, blowing this up from hobby to, you know, it's like this kind of odd niche thing that we're doing to. Do you think
1: the, I have trouble thinking
0: that the name will stick
1: in a larger context. It seems like it just, it reads like Street Preacher to me yeah. sometimes a little bit. you yeah. know.
0: The name is problematic. I actually did an interview recently. I don't know if you've listened to it. It's on a podcast called The Social Exchange.
1: I think I did... What it's who was a, it with?
0: Zach Rhodes. I'm
1: not sure. I um, might have... I might we have did
0: seen. one talk, and then we did... Actually, we've done three. But the, the second one was released about a month ago, and then we did another talk. Okay. And I... I think I was talking... I kind of lost my train of thought. Was there video,
1: or was it just audio?
0: It, there's video and audio. But I it's,
1: think I uh, did see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What were we talking about now? <laughs> I've lost
1: my, um, well,
0: this, I'm also losing my memory, <laughs> I, so it's, ma- it's making it more hard for me to do conversations. Is there any,
1: we both recognize that the street epistemology name might oh. be a problem in getting it out there. Is there any benefits to the name?
0: There's a benefit to it in, in this way. So, like, I was telling Zach that I don't even really care if it's called street epistemology as long as people learn the technique and implement it and use it right it doesn't matter yeah but i think that there's some value into identifying it with a name yeah because people that can then google it uh-huh. or search for it on TikTok or right. instagram or whatever twitter yeah, yeah. and find more resources to learn more about it
1: exactly yeah that's it's, the
0: only catch i think that it's like name right rec- kind of in the sense
1: that like it's not really it's not really important to have it's not really necessary to have a community centered around atheism because it's really, I see it as just the lack of a belief in God, um, but it is, I think, for people transitioning out of mm. whatever religion that mm-hmm. they're in, maybe important for people to see a sort of community or set of
0: arguments related to atheism. You know? I think so. That will probably ease people's transition out of their religious views, Uh-huh. and give them something to look at. Like, okay, I'm starting to question, where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. There's these people out here that are identifying as the views that I have. What do they like? What do they talk about? What are their interests? What are they upset about? So in that respect, it's helpful. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. No, I, I think, but like I was telling Zach, like I don't, it doesn't bother me what we call it as long as people use it. Okay. And we pointed to an example, I was watching Joe Rogan he had. A, they were talking about UFOs or something, mm-hmm. and I'll of be course. damned. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be damned if he didn't ask his guest, like, "Well, how confident are you, from zero to one hundred, that that's true?" Mm-hmm. And the guest reported a number. Joe reported a number, and they talked for about ten minutes, and they revisited their confidence levels, and they both shifted in their confidence. You think
1: he? Think he knows about SC?
0: I don't know. When but are you going to get me, an Anthony
1: Magnabosco? It
0: makes me wonder. But I was thinking afterwards, I don't even care part of me cares that that he identifies that as SE if it really was mm-hmm. because I want to promote SE. Right. But if if he's modeling a dialectical approach for his millions of viewers, that's good enough for me. Right. Okay. You know, if if uh, if 10,000 people catch that and of those 10,000 maybe 1,000 say I want to try that with my friend about UFOs, mm-hmm. that's value.
1: Yeah, cuz I I agree, and maybe, maybe the word just is not uh, appropriate because there's maybe multiple implications of what SE is. But to me, at root, it's, it's a style of conversation that focuses, a, focuses on questioning um, mm-hmm. and examining beliefs. You know, mm-hmm. um,
0: In a non-confrontational manner that, that opens people up yeah. for true introspection. And I think... And how often do we do that? With another person, not very often.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe we get we get close yeah. in regular conversation. Maybe but, in therapy. Yeah, but I, I think I agree with you. Like, because it, at its root, it's it's a kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the best way to sort of promote it as just something that's more or less natural. You know, like if it just becomes natural to ask people sort of what their confidence level is on something share a confidence level yeah i think that's more effective than like talking about oh and in an Olympus, this is the proper approach to interacting with your interlocutor you
0: know <laughs> <laughs> right we can get very technical with what we're doing right but that's because we're we're aficionados of it so it's probably like any hobby mm-hmm. where if we were really into trains we'd know like the, the width the of the tracks yeah. and the different, I don't know, you know, what that engine does compared to this other one and right. when that was manufactured and the big controversy with the the, <laughs> the changeover from this to that. <laughs> In
1: 1945. Like, that's, very, that's
0: very exciting to some people.
1: Yeah. But but you don't have to know all that to like get on a train, say.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, we want to make this easy to board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love the analogy. Very yeah. cool. Um, well, I, I want to make this easy for people to understand and grasp and, and use. Right. Okay.
1: Well, you know what? I think
0: my battery might be dying. Yeah, so I'm going to end I the episode. Uh, Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. Thank you all for listening in. I hope subscribe to his channel. Twin Share questions. his videos. Jesus. Share his videos. Give him some feedback. You heard the man. Yeah, you deserve much more uh, subscribers than you got. Thank you, sir. I would shake yeah. your
1: hand, but. Okay,
0: you know. The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here or not expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the organization.